Hello and welcome to the United on Wheels podcast. I'm your host, Paul Amadeus Lane, and I'm so delighted to have you on this episode today. Why? We're going to be joined by a very, very special guest. I say that all the time because all of our guests are special, but this one in particular, he's so awesome. And I had an opportunity to meet him several years ago at an Abilities Expo here in Los Angeles. And he was working the booth, had the new mobility magazine, and I was checking it out. I was like, hey, I'm in the entertainment world. Hey, how do I get featured? And he wouldn't really give me the time of day. But many years later, I was able to continue to see him at the Abilities Expo, and he and I would chop it up. And just an all-around awesome person. And we are so delighted to have him on the show to talk about his journey, what he's doing now, and some amazing insights that we all can take from his example. So do me a favor. Make sure you share this episode with ones who may be newly injured or ones who you think could benefit of being encouraged and being shown what can happen if we do not give up. And also, if you know any businesses out there who may not be aware of the great things that are going on at United Spinal Association, share this with them too, because we're going to get into some great insights about the organization and some amazing things that are going to happen real soon. But before we bring on our first guest and only guest, I want to direct you to our website, unitedspinal.org. And there you can check out this amazing website. What does it highlight? Our advocacy, our empowerment, and our independence. You can also find out some other great things to support membership. Know your rights who are part of the disabled community. You can find those rights out and the different resources too. Wonderful website, great things. So let's bring on our very special guest. He is the VP of Partnerships at the United Spinal Association, and I am so delighted to call him a friend. I am so delighted to have with me right now my next guest. He is the one, the only, United Spinal's own Nick Lavasi. Nick, what is up, brother? How are you? Hey, Paul. Thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here and uh, excited to get a chance to speak with you. I'm doing great. (laughs) <laughs> Great to hear. You know, Nick, I remember when we first met, and I kind of mentioned this in the intro of the show at, at the Abilities Expo uh, many years ago. Uh, you were showing off the New Mobility Magazine. You and I had a chat together. And lo and behold, several years later, Nick, we're working together at United Spinal is pretty awesome, isn't it? Yeah, it's, uh, here we are. <laughs> it's crazy how things fall into place sometimes. Tell me about it. And Nick, through the many years um, that I've known you and just known about you, there's one word that really comes to my mind when I think of you, and probably a lot of people's minds who know you too, Nick, and that is... Good looking? Yeah, that too, <laughs> that too, that too. But I, I would say resilient. Um, Nick, you know, you have been through a lot, you know, like many of us in the spinal cord yeah. um, community. But what I admire about you, Nick, just your demeanor, your attitude, it inspires me, who's a part of this community, and no doubt others who are new to this community. 
And Nick, what I wanted to do for some of the ones who may not be familiar of the series of events that left you um, in a wheelchair, do you mind sharing that with us, please, briefly? Yeah, 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 of course. So in 1996, um, in well, let me go back two years. In 1994, I started skydiving. I did a tandem jump, and um, I have video. I had it recorded, the first jump that I did tandem. And as soon as I hit the ground, um, the camera caught me saying, how do I get to do this on my own? And from from that spot on the landing landing strip um, to my car, I had signed up to go back in two weeks. I took a week off of work and I spent one week. I did 25 jumps, ultimately became um, uh, solo, was able to do it solo and, and started skydiving. So I had many, many jumps. I did it for two years. Um, November 16th, 1996, I was in a midair collision at 15,300 feet with another skydiver collided with me. And um, my parachute didn't deploy. I was able to get my reserve out, but it had tangled around uh, my leg. When when we collided in midair, my femur snapped and went behind my leg. And when my reserve came out, it wrapped around. So it never, never deployed. Um, so... Uh, I landed, I was able to get myself over some trees. I landed in the woods and um, I didn't pass out or anything, but I knew right away I had broken my back, my pelvis, my hip, my tibia, my fibia. Um, I had bruising in my kidneys um, and I had an L1 burst fracture. I was airlifted to a hospital where I had multiple surgeries, about 16 and a half hours. They stabilized me and um, I woke up actually at a serve. Uh, at a, at a surgery and found out I was paralyzed. I, I was not going into surgery. I was able to move, although I was in a lot of pain and a lot of broken bones. Um, but I woke up out of surgery and um, I woke up, I could remember just waking up. My eyes were just so swollen from all the anesthesia. And I remember I had shaving cream and the nurse was shaving me. So I looked at her and as soon as she saw me open my eyes, she wiped my face and she said, Mr. Labasi, I want you to wiggle your toes. And I wiggled my toes. And then she flipped the sheets over and she said, uh, I'd like you to look at your toes when you wiggle them. And I was looking and wiggling and they weren't moving. And then I don't really remember a lot. I, I must have went back to sleep. And the next thing I remember is my girlfriend and my, my family standing over me crying because they had heard the news. Um, so like everyone, and you, and you talk about resilience, I mean, there's nothing special about me. I mean, we're all, um, it's the human spirit and the human nature. It's amazing. I mean, I see people all the time that just, you know, you either make it or you don't. And it's all about how you just frame it. Uh, and I'm not saying that I went from that stage to where I am today. It took a long process. It's still a process. Um, but for me, I was just so tired, six, seven months. I was so tired of being depressed and thinking about all the things that I couldn't do. Um, you know, I, I believe in God. I grew up a Christian Catholic. I was an altar boy. Um, I remember I cried one night. I bought a, my mom had bought me a St. Jude candle that burned for like 40 hours and I didn't leave my room until the candle went out. But I said to myself that when that candle goes out, I'm not going to be depressed anymore. And I, the candle went out and I left the room the next day, went to, went to outpatient physical therapy and I really never looked back. Um, and, and it's just because I just refused to, the, to let it beat me. Um, and I'm glad I did because I have a great life. I've had a lot of great life, a, a lot of great things in my life since then, and and look forward to the things that'll come in the future. And Nick, you were you were like me, you know, relatively young, you know. We both had our had our accidents, and I know, like for me personally, it took me a minute to be readjusted mentally and emotionally myself because 
I went from doing this to now not sure, you know, what I'm going to do. And I know for me personally, what really helped me out was meeting ones who were a part of our new normal, ones who were paralyzed, either paras or quads or any mobility issues they were having. That, and that really helped me. And and that's one thing, Nick, that I really appreciate about United Spinal is that just the support group that it has for ones uh, who are part of our community, uh, but also just helping us to 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 be readjusted, especially ones who are newer in, newly injured or ones who may not be familiar with the organization and some of the resources that they have. And Nick, what was your first interaction or your first introduction to United Spinal, and and how did that kind of help you on with your journey? Yeah, so. Uh, I think like many others early on, you're looking for, it's, it's a lot different now. I mean, in 1996, it, you know, it's 20 something years ago. Um, might not really be that long, but technology wise, it's a long way off. I mean, emails weren't prevalent back then. Cell phones had just started to come out. Not every, you know, very few had cell phones. Um, you know, so trying to research things on the internet was kind of vague. It was all dial up. So a lot of it was really just speaking with people and magazines, reading what you could, uh, I was introduced to PN News and Sports and Spokes when I was in, in the hospital. So early on, I got to see, I, I think when you're first injured like that, you're thinking, what am I going to be able to do with my life? And then when you see people, you know, fishing and skiing and doing all these different things, I don't necessarily think you put yourself in that position, but you start to think that there are, are things out there that I'll be able to do. Um, and I know one of those magazines was New Mobility Magazine, which is United Spinal Association's membership magazine. Um, but it wasn't back then. United Spinal, in fact, was Eastern Paralyzed Veterans back then. Um, but again, with the, within a couple of years of my injury, I had met some people um, at PVA and at, at um, Eastern Paralyzed Veterans and formed some relationships. And, and years later, when United Spin uh, Eastern Paralyzed Veterans became United Spinal, I was asked to sit on the board of directors. Um, and I was. I was one of the first board members when they changed their bylaws Um to sit on the board that wasn't a veteran. Um, and ultimately, while I was on the board, we um, we approved the absorption of National Spinal Cord Injury Association, which, you know, enhanced our membership and, and, and gave us a, a chapter component. Um, and we also um, acquired New Mobility Magazine to use as our membership magazine. So I think that you know, again, with the technology, the way it is, everything is readily at a phone. Now, if you're in a rehab hospital, you're more than likely going to have your phone or your iPad with you. There's a lot of things that you could look up. So um, I was thankful that uh, United Spinal and PVA groups like that were around. And I'm happy that we're here today. It really drives me in, in all the work that I do to make sure that, um, you know, I keep that in mind. I always think about when I was first injured, you know, the hope of speaking to others, meeting others, and just he's seen other people's stories. Yeah. Yeah. And Nick, I, I know like with me, I was one of those where I, I didn't want to hear it. You know, I really didn't want to hear from members of, of the community or anything because I was just so into my own, my own self, you know, my own feelings, as my wife said, I'm all in my feelings. So I was in my feelings and I didn't really want to want to hear anything. But, you know, for ones out there who who may be going through those emotions now, I think hearing that just really just um, shows the importance, you know, of being a part of different chapters, different communities out there that can definitely help us out because life does go on and we have to continue to live. We can either learn from this or we can just 
not learn from it and, and just stall with every, every growth that we have within ourselves. You know, I remember I used to say this one saying that never prevent the fear of the unknown stop you from doing great things. And sometimes when we build up these walls, we're like, I'm just done. I mean, and if, and if Nick, if you would have did that, if I would have did that, our paths never would have crossed. And it just really shows just how important it is just organizations like United Spinal Association and others out there that can really help us out. And Nick, when you look at where we're at today with, with the movement of empowerment, you know, we know we're getting ready to start a new campaign here, Strong Will Together. That's going to be really awesome. Yep. And when you hear that phrase or you think about that, that campaign that's getting ready to launch for United Spinal Association, what comes to your mind, especially through the many years you've been a part of this organization? Yeah, I mean, you know, I was I've been in um, meetings since the conception of Strong Wheeled Campaign and Strong Wheeled Together. And I think it, if you take each word individually, you can come up with a story for each one. I think combined, it really just talks about the movement of the community. And for me, it's more than just the people that live with spinal cord injuries. It's it's raising awareness to people outside of the immediate community. You know, we're mainstream. We're not, you know, we're not just wheelchair users and in our own little world. Um, I'm actually heading up the fitness and athletics portion of the Strong Willed uh, campaign this year. And the main focus is going to be, there's several different things that we're doing, but the main focus is really going to be to raise awareness both inside the community for, like we spoke about before, newly injured that may not know that water skiing, snow skiing, hand cycling, uh, wheelchair yoga, all these different things are available and, and accessible, but also to the outside community, like these mainstream, like Gatorade, you see all these Gatorade commercials, people pole vaulting and, you know, throwing javelins and, you know, um, what, what about us? You know, what about our sports? We do the same things. We need the electrolytes, you know, and I'm just using that as one example, but you know, outside the community, outside the direct community, um, just making it more acceptable and more not so much of a um, of a sideshow, you know, just more commonly accepted. And, and and you're starting to see that with a lot of commercials now. I think you see when you when you watch like um, Kohl's and, you know, all these big superstores, generally they'll have a wheelchair. You see a wheelchair user somewhere in the mix. So it's kind of cool because it's not, you know, it destigmatizes it. Um, I've said since I was injured, I'd rather I I'd much rather children than adults when I was first injured, because a kid would come up to you and say, what's wrong with you? And I would rather have that, you know, than someone stare at you, like an adult just stare at you. And like, I don't know, it's just, it's just weird. So I think by the more exposure and the more uh, awareness we raise about our life and the active lifestyle. And I think new mobility does a great job of that as well. Um, you know, I just think it takes away a lot of that I don't even want to say stigma, but it just takes a lot. It just takes away some of the negativity with it, you know? Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. I know when um, I first got injured, my fiance at the time, we were supposed to be married that year in 93 because I had injured in 93 mm -hmm. and um, paid, for, paid for the uh, reception hall and everything. Things are ready to roll, you know. And then I was in the hospital for eight months. So we didn't get married in 1993. We ended up getting married like three years later. Right. But when we got married, we were like an enigma. You know, we were like a few who were in relationships with a person who had a disability and someone who didn't. Yeah. And through that exposure and through the years, you see more and more people are in relationships with wheelchair users. And it's, you're right. When they see us in society, 
whether if it's uh, in relationships, whether if it's working in different um, fields yeah. out there. Volunteering. Yeah. All well, the all the different things. Yeah. It makes sense. And people are like, oh, yeah, yeah. It's it's, it's getting getting normal now. It's getting so they see us on screen. They see us in different uh, aspects of, of working. Yeah. And, and it's really gratifying. And that, that, that just shows just how important United Spinal Association is, because it really not only educates us, but educates the community and different businesses out there yeah. of just how awesome ones who are part of our community are and we can we can thrive we can be a part of a great team and how has that been over the years really educating organizations to just look at us and say hey you know give us give us a shot yeah you know it's a multiple pronged effect i mean or an effort you know so much of it is raising awareness with organizations and companies and you know for-profits non-profits you know, but a lot of it, honestly, Paul, and I think you'll attest, it comes from us. You know, we're the ones that ha have to speak up. We're the ones that need to be out there living our life and showing ourselves. Um, you know, I think United Spinal Association, you know, we started in 1946 and it's an, it started out as an advocacy group. Uh, it was a bunch of World War II veterans that felt they weren't getting the services they needed and they just started to advocate. Um, and I think that the earlier someone with a spinal cord injury understands that they need to be able to be their own self-advocate, the farther they'll go and the more that they'll achieve just because they're going to speak up. Um, and it doesn't mean you need to be nasty, but you just need to, you need to relate to people that, you know, I'm here, I'm going to do this. I'm, I want to do this. I, I've been doing advocacy for close to 20 years. I did it in a previous job before United Spinal. Mm. Um, so I have a lot of experience with calling on congressional leaders and there's, it's an incredible thing. And I mean, that's really a top level of advocacy. You don't need to get to that point. Advocacy, advocacy could be as simple as, um, and, and I always tell the story when I was first injured because of my injuries, I wasn't able to sit up more than um, more than 15 degrees, which is basically nothing. I mean, I had a, diff a difficult time sipping soup. That's, that's the, the degree for nine and a half weeks because I was not weight bearing on my pelvis. Um, and then being in a rehab hospital like that, I needed to be turned every two hours. I had full upper body strength, but I couldn't do it with the angles that I was laying at and the way that they had my legs positioned. I had casts and braces and, you know, um, so I needed to be turned every two hours. And like, you know, many that have a spinal cord injury, they, they, they burn into your brain, pressure sores and weight shifts. Um, so one morning my dad came in, my dad would come in every morning and I was crying and he said, what's the matter? And I said, they never came and turned me. I stayed on my one side the whole night. Wow. So my father left the room and I could just imagine the hell that he wrought on the, 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 the nursing team, but he wound up coming back to me and he said, Nick, he said, the squeaky wheel gets the grease. And, and really that's advocacy. You need to speak up. Um, I can assure you from that point forward, I was not, not turned. It happened a couple of weeks later and I just started throwing things in my room. You know, <laughs> might've seemed like I was throwing a temper tantrum, but it was the only thing that I was able to do. And I was advocating for myself. I needed to be turned. I couldn't do it. I needed to advocate for myself. It could be, it could be something as, as simple as uh, having a nurse's aide or a family member or a caregiver give you your medication every two hours. You need that medication. You need to be an advocate. You need to be the one. And again, that's the that's the essence and the basis, uh, the basic piece of advocacy. But as you start to advocate for yourself, things start to grow. Um, I love representing United Spinal, but I love representing me and my experiences and, and talking to leaders and um, to change anything that I can to make it better for us. In fact, um, 
I, I just finished. Um, I just January 4th was my, I just finished the term. I did a three year term. I ran for city council and was elected in a landslide. I ran in 19, uh, 2018, um, won the election in 2018, was sworn in the first Sunday of January in 2019. I served one full year on the township uh, council. And then my second year, I was uh, I was voted in as the mayor and spent 2020. I was a mayor for two months before COVID broke out. So it was a very, very difficult year to be mayor, but it was an incredible experience. Um, and then last year, I was the deputy mayor and I was police chief and fire chief for my three years on, on the council. So um, and I bring that up because advocacy led me to that. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I like I like politics. I like being involved. I like the community. Um, and again, it's another way that, you know, there was no one uh, disabled in my community that was doing this. So uh, it just it just gave me an opportunity to show that we're just like everyone else and want to do the same types of things. We want to volunteer. We want to help the community um, and we want to excel. And you know what, Nick? I got to apologize, man. I should have put some more respect on your name. You're the honorable. Yeah, you know. Bossy, so I, I apologize, my friend, for not putting respect on your name like that. No, no, no worries, Paul. That's no worries. But but it, it just really shows, Nick, um, you know, how you didn't allow what happened many years ago to define you. You know, you created your own pathways and you are you're a fighter and you are definitely ones that can help ones in our community to to really look and see, hey, this is what this is what can become. You know, if you advocate for yourself, say advocate. And Nick, what is what is one thing about United Spinal Association that that you feel that maybe the the public, uh, ones who are part of the uh, mobility and, and SCI community, need to really be aware of? You know, what, what's something that you like ones who maybe listening uh, to this for the first time, maybe new to United Spinal Association, hearing about it. What is something that you really would like them to, to to walk away with from our discussion? Yeah, so I think I think when people think of nonprofits um, and obviously working for one, I came from I came from working for a Fortune 500 company. So for me, switching over, I wanted to bring some of my experiences and try to help run uh, the, the national organization more as a for profit, not for the profits, but just the, the structure of it. Um, but I think when people hear nonprofits, they automatically think that, you know, they're money hungry or they're just looking for money. The thing that I would say, first and foremost, with United Spinal Association is every single thing we do. I mean, I'm, I'm one of the vice presidents. I'm in meetings all the time. Every single one of our staff members, everything we do is to ensure that our programs offer value to our members. Um, and I think people outside the organization, when they see United Spinal, yeah, they may know that we do advocacy. They may know that we have an accessibility services group. They may know we have chapters. They may know that New Mobility is our magazine. But what they may not know is in totality, everything we do is really to help the community um, and to ensure that our rights are, are protected and that, um, you know, we have access to the things that are so important, whether it's transportation, um, education, housing, uh, employment is obviously a huge one. So I, I I don't think it's as simple as just one answer other than um, if you haven't or don't know a lot about United Spinal Association, I would urge you to, to check out our website, um, unitedspinal.org, and just look at the wealth of resources that we have. Again, um, this is our 76th anniversary. 
So uh, our resource center does a great job of pointing folks in the right direction should they need anything, whether it's um, whether they need a podiatrist or legal services, you name it, um, our resource center is there to help. And again, that's just one component. So I think in totality, people have to understand or research exactly all the things that we do. Um, but everything that we do is meant to make sure that our community is well represented and taken care of. Yeah, that, that is so true. Well said, my friend. And, and one of the things that I remember before COVID shut everything down, we were all in Las Vegas together for the uh, leader chapter. chapter leadership meeting. Yep, chapter yeah. leadership meeting. Yep. And and one of the funniest things that I that I saw and really enjoyed but was the interaction between you and Jim Wiseman. And you and Jim are just a, a blast to watch together. And you guys have have an awesome relationship. And if you can, just talk about. You know, working with Jim over the years uh, with United Spinal and, and and others who are part of the organization and and how that really it really shows the camaraderie that everyone has at that organization. Yeah. So Jim and I met probably, I would say, close to 20 years ago. Um, and then when I was asked to sit on the board of directors, um, I, I developed a, a closer relationship with him. And then obviously working for the organization for the past 12 or 13 years, um, much more so. Uh, and when Jim was when Jim was um, became our CEO, um, it was just really it was just really great to see him in that leadership role because he cares so much about our community, and um, just the stories that he tells and the wealth of knowledge. I mean, he he's an able-bodied person, but I, I I say it a lot. I've introduced him on numerous occasions, um, and and I mean it when I say that there's very few that don't have a disability that understand what we live you know, the, the, the hurdles that we, that we face, um, and some of the difficulties we have in our everyday life. Um, Jim truly understands them. I mean, he's taken the time to get to know people with disabilities. He's fought for them legally. Um, you know, publicly he's fought for them. So the bond is no different. I, I appreciate you saying that to me. And I do have a, a very close relationship with him, but anyone that spends time with Jim, um, can see that it's not that difficult to have that type of relationship with him. Yeah, tell me about it. He's a he's a, he's an awesome guy, and 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 under the leadership now of Enzo Episcopo as yeah. as president now, and uh, Enzo really has that that mindset of of of, of continuing the the vision of of this amazing organization. And one thing that one thing that struck me just about leadership and everything is that how. Not only do leadership walk the walk, but they roll the wheels too. I can't say talk. I'm sorry, not walk the walk, roll the walk, and they talk to talk. I'll make something up by that. But, but <laughs> in other words, um, leadership really has freedom of speech when it comes to just the issues that we have, and that just shows the core values that that all of you have on, on leadership and everything. And I just want to commend you guys, you know, for for doing that. And Nick. Anything else out there you'd like to share with ones about uh, United Spinal Association, uh, about you personally, about the about the journey, the floor? Yeah, no, I mean, you know, I do want to just touch on Vincenzo. Um, I call him Enzo, um, and and that's accepted. Uh, he doesn't mind that. Um, but you know, he started a he started last uh, October or November, and it's really been um, I, I don't want to say seamless, but as close to seamless transition as you could possibly have while yet still um, transforming a lot of what we do and in a better way. 
So um, I think it's important for everyone to know that even though we do have relatively new leadership, um, our members are in good hands, the programs are in good hands, and, and in a lot of ways, they're going to get better and, and enhanced and offer more for our members. So um, on a personal note, Paul, it's been an honor to be here with you and, and uh, even more of an honor to call you a friend and to, to have to, to have met you many years ago. Um, I've been traveling pretty much through this pandemic, so, uh, but I know a lot of others haven't. So hopefully in the uh, short term, we'll get to meet face to face again and spend a little bit of time together. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. And maybe you and I could be the new uh, Jim and, uh, <laughs> and Nick 2.0. No, I'm just joking. But, but hey, um, which, which website are, are why don't you give the website out there for everyone who's listening right now? Yep. It's www.unitedspinal.org. Awesome. And Nick, it's been great talking with you it's been great spending time with you and looking forward to doing it again when we have some more great things to discuss about united spinal association great i love your podcast keep them up and uh, i look forward to seeing you soon paul thanks so much that was the awesome nick labasi vp of partnership expansion really enjoyed chatting with nick just an awesome all-around person and just someone you really, really want to get to know. And don't forget, you can also go to our website, unitedspinal.org. And on our website, it has so much stuff, amazing stuff. And again, if you are part of the disabled community or you know somebody who is, share this episode with them. No doubt. The things that Nick had to say about his experience and what he's doing now, is really empowering, not only to the ones who are a part of the community, but also who are not part of the community as well. They can find out what we go through. And our website is so, so awesome. Unitedspinal.org. Well, until next time, folks, please stay well, stay safe. Remember, I love you guys a life and stay tuned for our Strong Willed Together campaign that's getting ready to launch real soon in February. So, Take care, folks. Until next time.